You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Angels edition. I am Allison Footer. I am here with Maria Gordado, who, of course, covers the Angels for MLB.com. And Maria, um, a couple of coaching announcements, I guess, uh, and, I, and that that happens a lot with just about every team around baseball, but certainly when a team hires a new manager. So Brad Ausmus has uh, selected uh, Doug White, who he got from the Astros to replace Charles Nagy as the pitching coach. So uh, what can you tell us, first of all, about Doug White and uh, how he'll fit in with this team? Yeah, so Doug White is coming over from the Astros. He he just completed his first year as their bullpen coach. Um, so yeah, I mean he's the first known addition to Jabrat Osmus's new coaching staff, obviously. Um, yeah, and it's kind of an interesting hire in that um, he's obviously replacing Charlie Nagy, who was kind of you know considered kind of a Billy Epler hire. Um, he was uh, he's he had served as the Angels' pitching coach for the last three seasons under Mike Sosha, um, and you know I think that this was kind of a period where the Angels suffered a ton of pitching injuries um, and really weren't able to keep the rotation uh, healthy. So, um, you know, perhaps that kind of played into the decision to make this change, uh, you know, and bring in Doug White, who I think, you know, in reading his bio that was on the Astros website, one of his specialties was kind of the Z health, uh, which, you know, kind of had to do with uh, movement. And, and he kind of also had the kind of a pitching academy in San Diego, um, which is, you know, where uh, Billy Epler's from. So I'm sure there's kind of some sort of, uh, you know, prior connection uh, that kind of led to this hire. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's going to be, it's kind of interesting that the, the Angels are making this change. And, you know, I, I, you'd have to assume that probably the, the amount of injuries that they've had to, that they've kind of suffered over the last three years probably kind of played a role in their decision to make this change now. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that, right? I mean, you know how I feel about this whole, like, all these pitching injuries. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a total coincidence that every single guy seems to have to have Tommy John surgery comes out of this pitching staff, but I will stay away from my rant for the day uh, but they do have some holes to fill uh, certainly in the maybe in the infield maybe catching wise you know I was just talking to Brian McTaggart from the Astros talking about like they should absolutely try to re-sign Martin Maldonado um, and so I didn't really think about from the Angels standpoint that there is uh, kind of a, a hole to fill there correct and in, in, in turn in, in addition to the pitching yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as you pointed out, catching is definitely one of them. You know, they, you know, after they traded Martin Maldonado and then they let Rene Rivera go to the Braves on waivers, they they really had no kind of experienced backstop that kind of could come in and fill that void. Um, they ended up relying on two rookies, uh, <clears throat> Jose Brissetto and Francis Garcia, over the final months of the season, and they actually did pretty pretty well considering their kind of lack of experience at the major league level. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, Apart from that, I mean, the Angels don't really have anything coming up in, in the system in terms of catching prospects because two of the guys who were kind of originally drafted as catchers, Matt Thice and Taylor Ward, ended up making position changes. Ward is now a third baseman. Thice is now a first baseman. So they really don't have any catchers in their top 30, uh, you know, rankings according to MLB Pipeline. Um, so it kind of is kind of an area of need, I would say. You know, Billy Upler said in his end-of-year press conference that they don't think it's a necessity but it's like kind of a position where they'll be open-minded to but yeah I mean I think I, I would definitely expect them to to kind of make some moves there they already did make a somewhat minor one they claimed Kevin Smith um from the White Sox on on off waivers so 
he's someone who kind of has a strong on base percentage and things like that. So he could be someone who could add some depth. But yeah, I mean, you know, perhaps they'll kind of be in the conversation for guys like, you know, potentially reshining Maldonado or maybe even going after JT Romuto, who's obviously going to be kind of the the most coveted guy on the trade market and will cost a ton. So I think that those will be some some people to monitor and could potentially be connected to the Angels this this winter. Don't you think it's a little strange that, I mean, when when I hear you break it down like that, I mean, the catcher position is not only one of the most important positions on the field, but it's also, it's the hardest to find. It's the hardest to develop. Um, I mean, there is no such thing as like an organization with too much catching or just enough catching. Or and it just seems a little weird that this is a team that is expected to, I guess, try to maintain um, enough to be able to contend in the division, even though I don't see that happening for a little bit. Um, but it's it's hard to like take it seriously. Where like, oh, they're they're definitely if they can get some pitching, then they're definitely still going to be in the mix. And they've got Otani, they've got Trout. Yet they don't really have any answer at catcher. I mean, that seems like a little bit of a weird combination going into a season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was actually really surprised to hear uh, say uh, last month that it you know, it wasn't a necessity for them because it, to me, it was kind of their, their biggest, you know, need beside pitching, uh, getting some durable pitching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that the angels are always kind of, you know, opportunistic, um, you know, when it comes to, to finding people who, who they could think could be potential upgrades for them. But, you know, to me, I think that it definitely, it is a necessity, you know, uh, I think that the angels definitely, uh, also prior, you know, have value defense highly, you know, you can see that in, you know, the fact that they went out and got Maldonado from the Brewers a couple of years ago and then added Rene Rivera, who's also kind of a defensive specialist. And now they have a new manager in Brad Osmus, who's a former catcher. So he obviously understands kind of the importance of, of that position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would be shocked if they didn't kind of find someone else uh, to, to kind of bring in and, and, you know, be their, their number one catcher to me. It's, it, it really is kind of a big need for them. Yeah. It's funny that the Osmus is their, is their manager because just his history with the Astros, the reason why he stayed in Houston for so long and why he came back after they traded, traded him away is because they could not find anybody to ever fill his, his position, his shoes. Um, they tried with Mitch <laughs> Molesky and they tried with John Buck and they had all these guys supposedly coming up through the system and they just kept re-signing Brad because they couldn't find anybody who could actually catch as well and call a game as well. So um, I would assume that he's probably going to have something to say about all this. Uh, but I digress. Uh, let's move on to uh, Gold Glove finalists. So these, this is fun. I mean, this is a fun thing uh, kind of for fans to start paying attention to right after the World Series ends and that the uh, Gold Glove finalists were announced and they will be the, the winners will be announced soon. And um, Mike Trout, of course, is a finalist. He's never won a gold glove, um, which I think is kind of, I guess, not that shocking given the uh, amount of really amazing, um, you know, American League outfielders that are out there. But uh, Trout and Simmons and Calhoun, they're all up for gold gloves. So pretty deserving. Those guys are all really amazing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and, and if you factor in the, you know, if you take into account that Ian Kinsler and Martin Maldonado are also gold glove players, they're obviously with the Angels at the beginning of the season and then were traded. Um, it, it's kind of amazing that they ended up having five gold, like five people who were on the opening day roster that ended up being gold glove finalists. Um, and I think that uh, for Trout, it's particularly uh, exciting because uh, as you mentioned, he's never won a gold glove before. And also because at the beginning of the season, he kind of made it a point uh, to improve his defense. You know, he kind of, recognized that a lot of the defensive metrics weren't really high on him as a center fielder and he kind of made it his goal to, to kind of improve on, on that area of his game so he really you know during spring training he really made an emphasis on kind of improving his first step you know running better routes being more aggressive on the field 
And I think that you really saw that reflected in, in his numbers this year. That I mean, his uh, defensive run saves were up. Um, so he, he actually has a pretty good shot of, of winning. You know, I think the other finalists um, at center field uh, for the American League are Jackie, Jackie Bradley Jr. and um, Adam Engel of the Wright Sox. So I think, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is probably going to be his biggest competition. Um, but, you know, I think it, it, it would be kind of cool to see Trout, uh, you know, kind of finally fill that void in his trophy case probably the only one he has um, and kind of see him rewarded for the effort that he put in to, to improve his defense. Yeah, no doubt. And Angelton Simmons is just a, he's just a joy to watch. Um, gosh, what a player. Um, and let's move on just to touch briefly on some of the guys that we might see in future years. Um, the AFL fall stars game, which is uh, Saturday, eight o'clock Eastern time on the MLB network. I guess that would be five o'clock uh, Pacific time. We should say that um, Jemai Jones and Brett Hanowich. So they made the, uh, the, uh, the team for the AFL fall stars game. So tell us a little bit about those guys and what we might expect to see from them down the road. Yeah. So uh, Jemai Jones is, um, you know, one of the, probably the, the angels highest, highly touted prospect, most highly touted prospect who's currently in the Arizona Fall League. I think he's ranked their number four prospect on MLB by MLB Pipeline. And he's kind of interesting because he's a guy who was originally drafted as an outfielder, but the Angels decided to convert him uh, into a second baseman. So this past season was kind of his first year uh, kind of moving into the infield, which is something that he had done in high school. Um, but, you know, obviously, was, you know, took some 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 work for him to kind of adjust, uh, you know, going back to second base. Um, so, um, that's something that, you know, I think it was kind of a, a smart move by the Angels, given the amount of uh, depth that they already had uh, in the outfield and their kind of, you know, like lack of depth in the infield. So I think that he's going to be someone exciting to watch. Um, and it kind of is nice to see him have some success in the fall league, especially since his numbers um, in the minor leagues were a little bit down this year from what he had posted in 2017. So I think this kind of bodes well for his development and his, you know, long-term viability at second base. Um, and Brett Hanowich, um, I don't believe he's ranked in, in the Angels' top 30 as on MLB Pipeline, but um, he, you know, he, he was a college arm out of Stanford. Uh, I believe he was drafted in the ninth round of the 2017 draft. So I think that he's definitely someone who kind of, you know, has the ability to kind of impact the, the Major League bullpen in the near future. Um, I believe he finished the season at... Uh, Inland Empire this year, so I think that he probably has some, uh, you know, puts the ability to kind of kind of rise through the organization, you know, moving forward. Um, so yeah, I think he logged some pretty good numbers in the Arizona Fall League. So I think that also goes well for him. So you know, those are just kind of two more examples of, I guess, the, the improvement and the growth that the Angels farm system as a whole has seen. You know, obviously a couple of years ago there there really wasn't you know a lot of exciting talent uh, there, but I think under Billy Upler that whole organization has kind of really seen a lot of growth and improvement. Um, so I think that there are definitely a lot of pieces in the pipeline that are going to be able to contribute soon. And these two guys are just, you know, some examples of that. Awesome. Yeah. The angels need to just be showing that they're moving in the right direction as they say. So maybe that's a good sign. Okay. Thank you for listening to MLB extras, the angels edition. Maria, thank you very much. And we'll uh, talk to you next time.